Welcome into Fitness Fanatics on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Now here are your hosts, Jeff and Nicole Essig. Welcome back in top of hour two here on the Fitness Fanatics. If you've missed any part of the show, you can check us out on the ticketfm.com's website. We are under Ticket Weekends tab. Also, any of your favorite podcasting platforms, we are on there also. You can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, or you can even watch us on television. <laughs> Allo Channel 951. I mean, if you want to turn it from the NFL game and watch us instead, I think that's a good choice. And you don't have to pay an extra subscription yeah, to you don't have to something pay, else. Yeah, you don't have to pay extra to watch the Fitness Fanatics yep. on TV. It's just part of your... Normal, everyday aloe package. Mm -hmm. And uh, we do have one from the text line. And again, uh, this one this one makes me laugh. Uh, kind of going on what Beth was saying about women totally belonging uh, in sports like wrestling or kickboxing, whatever it may be. Crowbait says, I started martial arts when I was four. I was the youngest black belt in Nebraska at the time. When I was 12, ended at a third degree black belt, and I stopped at 16. Never forgot, I did sparring tournament in Seward when I was eight, and this girl beat the snot out of me. I still have nightmares. <laughs> That's right. And that's a black belt saying that. Yep. So they definitely belong. That's right. All okay. right. And then we had a message from Bridget. Yeah. Also so Bridget said she loves hearing the story about wrestling. When I was in middle school, I wanted to do wrestling, but my dad was dead set against it because he didn't want me to wrestle boys. And we talked about that off air. Like our daughter wasn't in wrestling. She's not really the sports kid, but we grew up in a neighborhood with all boys. And so she played with them all the time. She was always out wrestling in the yard with the boys and, I think that's a great, what a great confidence boost. I've always said boys were never this mystery to her because she grew up around them and, you know, equal to them and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So what a great confidence boost for, um, for girls too, to be a part of a sport. I mean, I know there is, we have girls wrestling now, which is great, but like to be able to feel like they're still kind of pioneering something, you know, new and like you said, you know, trailblazing for, for future, for future athletes so that's awesome yeah yeah all right well let's get into your story beth so <laughs> take us back to when this all started so i'll leave it up to you yeah okay. okay so my cancer story started last year um it would have been in june i i was like i was super sick which that ends up being um ended up having like some kind of virus but so I was super sick for like a week couldn't keep anything down like I was one with the bed like not moving and then I was having pain in my lower back and like my sides and stuff so I finally after a week because I'm the stubborn mom who never goes in um so I finally went into urgent care and I was like all right I was like I just need to know that I'm I'm not dying basically and so urgent care was like oh well we think because of this this and this you have kidney stones so this was on a sunday she's like so follow up with your um a primary provider and then i was like okay so i got in on tuesday and my provider's like well okay i think you know i i do agree i think you have kidney stones let's go ahead and send you over for a ct scan just to verify what's going on so same day i just went right over um to ami and they took me in for the CT scan and um, I'll never forget the look on that tech's face. Like he came out and he looked like he had saw a ghost and um, the techs that are there, they're not allowed to tell you like what they see on a scan or anything. You have to go to your doctor and over to say it. Mm -hmm. So he brought a phone out. He's like, Hey, here's your doctor. And 
um, she basically, she wants you to go right back over right now. And I was like, okay, fine. Thankfully, my doctor is like literally four blocks away. So I'm not yeah. driving across town. I'm like, all right. I was like, to me, I'm like, oh, I think they must have been really bad kidney stones. They're like, mm-hmm. let's go and cut these out. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I go over there and we're still, last year, we're still kind of at that tail end of like a medical facility wearing masks and stuff. And so I walked in and she's like, all right. And she came in right away. I mean, there was no wait time. Like I walked in, she was in within seconds and mm-hmm. shut the door. And she was like, all right. She's like, you know, she's like, well, take off your mask. This is bad. And I'm like, I'm like, well, what's up? You know? And I, and she's like, well, she's like, so I think you, um, you need to know that you have ovarian cancer, which isn't necessarily the case as we go forward. And I, and I was like, well, okay. And she's like, so you need to go back and do, um, an ultrasound and like an, two more scans. And she's like, and you need to clear the rest of the day. You need to call and tell these people. And me as the mom, I'm like, no, I just, I have scheduled. I had, um, all three of my kids had their well child checks. I was like, I, I have those in like three hours. She's like, well, we got to call and reschedule. I was like, no, like, no. I was like, I, these have been set for months. We're not, yeah. we're not touching this. I was like, well, you got to call your husband. I was like, I'm not, my husband works on railroad tracks. I was like, I'm not going to call him and give him this news where it's going to devastate his life and he can, you know, in turn get hurt or whatever. And I don't give that Before you know news. more. No. Yeah. I'm I like, would have no. been the same way. I'm like, no, no. I was like, yeah, all right. I was like, I let's know. go do these scans. I was like, but I got to be out of here by three o'clock because I got to get my kids. I got to go do my stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went back over to AMI and I mean, what they saw originally, like I got to see it later on. But um, it was bad enough that they, I mean, they got me in instantly. Mm-hmm. Um so I went over there, we did the CT scans and we did the ultrasound. And I, I've i had enough experience with ultrasounds that I can kind of read them because I've had um, ovarian cysts in the past. And I was like, hey, can I look at it? She's like, yeah, no problem. She can't tell me, but she let mm-hmm. me look at it. And at that point I was like, okay. I was like, there was a lot of cysts involved. And I was like, all right, whatever. So then um, we went back to, I actually went back to the doctor and heard from her and she's like, well, you know, we're going to send you to an oncologist. Within 48 hours, I was at an oncologist's office. So um, that night when I had got home, um, my husband just thought I had a whole bunch of stuff going on, and I hadn't told him anything. And so he came in. He, I, <laughs> Poor Grant. Um, so he got home. He had, like, two sandwiches made, and he comes and he sits in bed. He's like, hey, how was your day? And I'm like, I'm barely holding it together at that point. And, like, before, he's like, well, what's wrong? And so I'm like, you know, it's like, hey – He's like, well, what did they say? And I was like, it's kidney stones. I was like, no, they told me it's cancer. And he's like, well, now I'm not eating. And I was like, I'm sorry. I should have waited till after you ate your food. So um, we didn't tell anyone at that point because, I mean, we were still kind of in the dark. So two days later, we went to the oncologist. So um, I see an, I go to NHO here, and they're really awesome. And we see my oncologist has been doing it for over 30 years so she's very good at what she does and so she's like um it's not ovarian cancer it's breast cancer that has spread Mm. and um at that point she's like what i know is that it's um it's in your breasts and it it's definitely in other areas of your body so we scheduled i want to say it was like 10 different scans and six different biopsies all in one day. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, we can, we can, we can like move it apart. I was like, no, if we're going to do it, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And so I was in at AMI within, I was there on a Monday. So that was a Friday. And the following Monday, I was there from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. 
The thing with a liver biopsy is you're not allowed to eat or drink anything at all. Mm-hmm. So I was there and they were poking and prodding and everything. I had, um, there was six, you know, five biopsies on my breast, which ended up having a lot of blood loss that went with it, wow. along with a mammogram. And I mean, we were talking head to toe scans, contrast, non-contrast. And then we finally got to the end and the guy's like, well, you don't have to do the liver biopsy. It's getting late. I was like, dude, I haven't ate all day. When you go to yeah. the mammogram side, they're eating cookies. I was like, <laughs> I, I this is crap. I didn't <laughs> not eat all day yes. to not do this test. Oh, and so they did that. And so we went back in on a Thursday and she had, I mean, she was calling because, I mean, she was like on top of it calling to get answers. Like they weren't even officially in black and white. She had answers. And so we went in. And she's like, all right, so your official diagnosis is that you have stage four um, breast cancer. And it's, it's mine is um, estrogen, and progest- estrogen and progesterone positive, but HER2 negative. So in breast cancer, if you're triple positive or triple negative, that's bad. It's really, really hard to treat those ones. So it was, it was good that I had at least one negative. Um, so with estrogen and progesterone based, it's like an automatic, we have to turn off all the hormones in your body. Mm-hmm. And so I was diagnosed at 32. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, so we put me into instant menopause. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, we're like, we started shots to shut off my ovaries and completely shut that down. And then um, from there um, we did, she's like, we went over it. So like I said, it was my left breast had, actually three three tumors are stacked on top of each other but i i never felt a bump there was never a lump anywhere in my body like i went in because i had back pain Mm -hmm. and that's the scary part so it was in my left chest or my left side my right side had a benign tumor it was in my both of my lungs um my liver was probably half full with tumors and then from my basically the bottom of my skull all the way down to my hips and my bones there wasn't a bone that wasn't untouched and then there was spots also on my skull. So like it was everywhere. And so um, they call, stage four basically is when the tumor leaves the breast. It goes anywhere except for a lymph node. Like stage one and stage two are both just primarily in the breast. Stage three is when it's gone. Well, I guess stage two can technically be in a lymph node, but only one. And if there's more than one lymph node, you're stage three. If it's anywhere outside of that, you're stage four. And so since I was diagnosed stage four out of the gate, it's called de novo. And that's is a term I've never heard of. And I was like, oh, okay. So there's an actual term for my funness. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. So um, from there, I mean, she got all that diagnosis and my calcium levels were through the roof. So I was on an IV for calcium that same day. And she's like, well, we're going to try, a, like, we're going to try a chemo pill. And that's what, what she wanted to do at first. And then, um, as I was sitting there with that IV, she got back the aggression rate in my cancer. And she came basically running out of the hall. And so we were finishing the IV and she goes, okay, we're originally gonna do a pill. Here's what's gonna happen. Um, I scheduled you to get a port in, which a port is something they put in your chest so that they don't have to stick your IV all the time, which it, it's, I had a love-hate relationship with mine. So we scheduled to get a port in on Tuesday. This was a Thursday. So a Tuesday, you're starting IV chemo on the following Friday. And I was like, well, I don't understand what happened. Mm -hmm. Well, what happened is so an aggression rate, anything below a 20 is they're like, well, it's not bad. A 20 is considered bad. Mine was at a 70. Oh my gosh. 
much. And so she's like, we were going to hit this fast. And we started with um, two IV chemos. And I mean, they give you IV chemos and steroids and like a whole plethora of stuff through an IV. And I mean, we didn't really have time to sit down and like comprehend anything because it went so fast. Yeah. But I mean, at so the was same this like two weeks then after from when you were sick? Yep. So yeah. basically from the time I went in for the first CT scan because I, they thought I had kidney yeah. stones to the time I was hooked up to chemo mm -hmm. was about two and a half weeks. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so, and, um, and I did IV chemo for six months. So I would do chemo three weeks on one week off and then going through that, um, my white blood cells drop super fast. So I actually was in at the chemo center four days a week. I do chemo on Friday, and then I get a white blood cell shot on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Friday or Thursday off, and then rinse repeat three weeks, and then I get one week off. And mm -hmm. we did that for six months. Wow. <laughs> and yeah. then, and I mean, we do scans. I still do scans every three months. So at first, we do the very first one, we did a PET scan for a baseline. And then every three months, we do a CT scan with contrast and non-contrast, which come with just lovely drinks you have to drink mm -hmm. every time. It's like drinking snot. It's awful. No. <laughs> and then um, at the one-year mark, I just had another PET scan in August, and then we did another PET scan. Um, so as we did the IV chemo, like for me, I responded really, really well um, as far as the cancer goes. And really, I didn't feel awful. So as I was going through IV chemo. I mean, I was still doing the mom thing, the wife thing. I was coach. I was head coach in Lincoln girls wrestling the whole time. I volunteered coach for Lincoln high school girls. And then, um, I was also a full-time college student, like, mm -hmm. and my oncology people are like, why, what are you doing? I was <laughs> like, I know, like, I was like, I just, I kept going. Like I would feel pretty good for like, I could have chemo and then about on Fridays on Mondays. And I'd start, I was like, I wanted it so my kids wouldn't be like, oh, no, mom, mom's sick. So mm -hmm. on Mondays, I'd start feeling like start getting really run down. But never once during chemo did I puke. It was awesome. And they're like, mm -hmm. I was like, I was just really, really tired. And then I'd feel better by Thursday. And then we would start over again. So we got through my six, six months ended in February. We did scans and at that point, it was still basically in just my liver and my bones. Like, my liver was is very disgruntled about getting rid of it. Like, mm -hmm. I called my cancer my leech, and it's like, it's just stuck. And so we started, we switched from um, the IV chemo to I take Ibrance, which is a chemo pill. And then um, I also take another pill that shuts down the estrogen. Um, we did decide to go ahead and get my ovaries removed back in I think it was March. I don't remember. It was right before, six weeks before the 10-week challenge that I did. Okay, yeah. Um, and so I got them them removed, which was good because we found out when they did that, the shot I was getting to get rid of the estrogen wasn't working because mm -hmm. when they took them out, I actually had seven cysts. And like, oh, well, that's normal. I was like, well, that's normal for someone my age that isn't shutting off their estrogen. Right. And so once we did that, it's kind of like it it helped decrease it. So I mentioned I just had a PET scan in August. Um, so the cancer is still in my bones, but it's at a, like a very small fraction of what it was. They said the largest area was in my right shoulder 
originally it was like at a 15.6 i don't know if it was, i think it was centimeters like up in or millimeters up in this area and it's down to a 2.3 is the largest area mm-hmm. um the thing about like i do bone scans every three months but bone scans show scar tissue and cancer is the oh. same mm-hmm. so you don't really know in the bones <laughs> until you do a pet scan and you light up like a christmas tree basically <laughs> And so in this pet scan, I mean, they were so excited. And I actually talked to my oncologist and she's like, you know, now that we're at where we're at, she's like, honestly, when you were diagnosed, you probably had it for two months and it spread. That's it? Two months. Wow. And I was like, well, that, and I told her, I was like, well, I guess that kind of makes sense because I was coaching freestyle wrestling before this all happened and my back started hurting. I was like, oh, I just did something I wasn't supposed to, you know, and I go to the chiropractor and it got to a point and chiropractic care, I love it, but it should never hurt when you get adjusted. And so at one point, like I went and she tried to adjust it and I was just, I mean, I was in tears and she, and and I was talking to her. She's like, something's not right. I was like, no. And I, at that point, I was like, there's something going on. And then, um, I mean, my lower back basically looked like Swiss cheese because of the cancer eating through the bones. And so, I mean, it is bad. And I still, to, like, now my back's better. There's still days my back is sore. And we don't know if it actually did nerve damage or not. Mm-hmm. But that's something we won't be able to even test until I hopefully get to a status where the cancer is... Um, I want to say the cancer isn't there. The cancer is basically asleep because I will never be rid of cancer. I will have it forever. Is that because the stage or just because of how aggressive it was or because so like you will never have remission? Right. So once you're stage you. four, there is not a cure. Um, based, kind of like the horse is out of the gate kind of saying. Mm-hmm. So um, once cancer leaves the first primary area, it goes other places. Like there could just be one cell somewhere and the idea is like the chemo pill I'm on now is ideas. It's still decreasing and we want to get it to a point where it's not actively spreading and not actively showing up. Mm-hmm. So it's basically putting it to sleep. Mm-hmm. But at some point in my life, it will wake back up again and then we will have to try a different treatment. And I mean, there's still treatments coming out. Like there's more mm-hmm. and more coming out, but there's not enough funding that goes into research for stage four, which to me sounds silly because if you're stage one, the chance of you getting it again and becoming stage four is actually fairly high. So if you can cure stage four, you're curing stage one mm-hmm. through three. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so, and you mentioned because it was stage four, a mastectomy wasn't an option. Right. What is the reasoning for that? So um, once we finished IV chemo, I did bring it up because I mean, there's one, there is one research study. And to me, it's like, if there's one, then there's enough reason to do it. That said that there was a re like, if you got a mastectomy stage four, that it, it could help. And, um, I was told by my oncologist, she's like, you know, it's stage four, it's already out of, it's already gone. It's other places. She's like, even if you do it, you still have this cancer cells in your body. And I was like, well, I understand that. But at the same time, I don't agree. So I actually got a second opinion at, um, UNMH in Omaha and she basically said the same thing so my stubborn self I I actually found a surgeon in Texas and he was willing to do it and he was all for it but I'd have to have the oncologist sign off on Mm -hmm. it and I was like well okay I was like um I told my husband I was like you know I'll drop it for now because I want to get to a point where I'm concerned um they call it um no evidence of disease or NED once you get that far I was like once I get that far then I I'll, I might pick it back up again because the other thing is I had genetic testing done and it's part of when you get diagnosed. And so everything came back except for I was BRCA2 positive. 
the thing is with BRCA2, it's not the cancer I have. So okay. I, and to me, I'm like, okay, so I already have breast cancer, but I could get a second type. Yeah. And they're like, well, we're treating you for it. I was like, well, you're treating me for breast cancer, but I was like, what if this one comes in and takes over? And I'm like, if that happens, I'm going to be furious because I told mm-hmm. you to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I basically, it's like, I feel robbed because I don't have the option mm-hmm. to, I was like, I, you know, it's like, I was telling you, it's like, I feel like I have traitors on my chest. Like yeah. I'm stuck with them. And it's like, and I. I hate it. Are there like risks involved with having it done that outweigh any type of a benefit that you would I have? I mean, they basically say, and most most studies show, and there's not a lot of studies because they don't allow it. And it's like, well, if you allow more people and yeah. do more studies, could it ha- help? And they're like, well, we can't prove that it helps, but we can't prove that it doesn't help. Yeah. I mean, and going through a mastectomy, it's very invasive. The downfall would be I'd have to come off of all my chemo, the chemo Mm. pills I'm on daily. Okay. And so if you come off of those and the chance of it spreading while you're off of it is higher. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so you have to take a risk with that. But at the same time, if you're gaining years because you did it, then and that's their thing. It's like, well, we don't want you to go off of your chemo pill. Yeah. And I was like, I, I understand it. It's it's a I was like, it's a give and take. I was like, yeah, so at this point, sense. I've kind of I've just I've let it sit on the back burner. I was like, yeah. I'm not I'm not giving up on it yet. Yeah. I was like, but you know, and I was like at the same time, I didn't have to come off my chemo pills to have my ovaries removed. Mm-hmm. So why do I have to to have the yeah. mastectomy? I was like, there's Well, and I think it's good because it sounds like you've just you want answers and you just kind of have to keep pushing until you get them. Cause I think sometimes that's hard. You have to really be your own cheerleader Uh-oh. advocate, you know? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, and that's one of those it's every oncologist has a different opinion. Yeah. And so my oncologist and I'm, I'm like I said, I'm thankful I am where I am because it's not just her. She goes to a board that has 400 other oncologists on it. So when I first started, she's like, Oh, you know, the pill. And then it changed because of the aggression rate. And she's like, well, no, we're going to take it from one IV chemo. I did two IV chemos at the same time. Mm. And so, and that's because the board weighed in and I'm thankful. And when I went to Omaha, they also had a board weigh in and it's like, okay, I was like, I, I will set it on like the back burner for now, mm. but I just, I'm, I'm one of those, like I, I push and I advocate and it's like, if I, if something doesn't sit right in my gut, I, I like, I'm not, not okay with this. We're going to continue on until I get an answer that I feel I can, I can sleep at night mm-hmm. with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we're going to take important. a break. When we come back, I want to talk about like how you remain positive through all this. Because when you were telling me every place the cancer was, I was just like, how are you still alive right now? Yeah. Like, so I want to talk about mentally mentally dealing with that um, and going through that. So when we come back, we're going to get into that. So please stay with us on 93.7 The Ticket.